episode is something that I feel is so important to discuss. It is going to be revolving around nutrition and how the foods that we put into our body can also have an effect on our mental and emotional health. We're going to be talking with Amber Fisher. She's a functional nutritionist and it's just something that I think is just really important to um, explore and discuss. So I'm really excited for you to hear the conversation that we had today about how her world and the world of therapy, mental, emotional health absolutely complement one another. So stay tuned. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So I um, am here with Amber Fisher. I, as I mentioned in the little intro before the recording, I am excited to have her on today because she's going to talk to us a little bit about nutrition. Um, I think that nutrition is something that as far as therapy goes is ignored sometimes maybe not so much intentionally but we just don't talk about it enough um, and how it can play a big part in your healing or just managing your mood so many different things and so that is not my area of expertise Um, so I'm really (laughs) excited to just like you know pick your brain and then share with the listeners um, why we should be exploring that area of our wellness in addition to just, you know, like talk therapy and things like that. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, I've actually known Amber for a while. I used to work with her. um, And it's just interesting, right? How over the years, just the different paths we've taken. And then now we reconnect and it's really nice. Yeah, it's great. I think there were a few people that we all kind of were brought together at this like same perfect moment in time we were all sort of in the beginning of our journey of Mm -hmm. you know finding what where our path was and then we all kind of went separate ways but now we all I don't know like you and I have such complementary paths and it's cool to just kind of watch each other grow and yeah see what we've been up to and everything so yeah, and then it all comes back to wellness, which I love. I know mm-hmm. as far even a couple of other people, you know, from that time in that job, but it all comes back to wellness, and I really like that because it, it's. I think that's where our interests and in, in hearts always were in some way, and so mm-hmm. yeah, it's really nice to see how our paths are flourishing. But I also love the ability to be able to like come together and do whether it's like a podcast that we're doing now or even referring clients back and forth because all of the different services really complement each other and so it's kind of what we'll get into so let's just start with you know first you introducing like like so what service do you offer and just telling us a little bit about your business yeah so what's called a functional nutritionist so there are many different types of nutrition professional. Um, there are what a lot of people have heard of are dietitians, which are people who work in the hospital setting or more of a clinical setting. And then um, of course there's different kinds of coaches and things like that. Functional nutrition takes nutrition a step further 
Um, it's under the umbrella of what we call functional medicine, which is all about looking at the root cause of disease and disorder in the body and trying to bring about wellness and wholeness by looking at things from a systemic approach. So instead of looking at um, individual organ systems by themselves, we look at how they interact with other parts of the body, including the, um, you know, the mind-body-soul connection and all of that is really important and functional medicine and nutrition. So as a functional nutritionist, you know, I take that approach of trying to look at the root cause of why is something um, not in proper balance with this person and how can we use nutrition and um, other tools at our disposal and referrals to other practitioners um, to kind of bring about wholeness and wellness to that person. Mm -hmm. And um, personally, I specialize in uh, fertility and uh, women who are undergoing fertility treatments or dealing with infertility, particularly issues surrounding um, PCOS and other hormonal imbalances. And then I also do a lot of work with autoimmune disorders. Um, mm. So, which I think, you know, there's a lot of overlap between those two issues and mental health as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I love, and I, I think that's why, well, I know that's why I gravitate more towards your approach because that's kind of the same way that I view mental health and mm -hmm. not just treating, you know, symptoms or even like a diagnosis or disorder. It's, it's, there's so much, you've got to look at the whole person. And right. I like that you do the same thing with your field. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell my clients, you know, I'm not a therapist, but there is so much connection between our mental health and our physical health. And so, you know, if they're not seeing a therapist, um, I always try to get them to, you know, go to somebody just because I feel like they need that, um, mm -hmm. that balance and the complementary nature of that. If, if they don't, then what ends up happening is they kind of lean on me for that support. And I'm, you know, not trained in that. So we just need to have, we need to look at the whole person and the whole body, including the, um, you know, not just the biology, but the, the mind and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree 100%. And it's, I guess we're, it's almost like we're having the same conversations with clients, just kind of opposite, because I'll say the same thing. Yeah, I, I'm not a nutritionist, or I'm not a, mm -hmm. you know, whatever other, um, like area I might be talking to them about, but I stress the importance of that. There's these other pieces that I just feel like if, if you only focus on, or, or what you'll hear me say a lot in sessions sometimes is, um, like therapy alone is only going to get you so far. There's other components that can really kind of beef up your wellness experience. Um, and just focusing on the mind, you've got to incorporate the body. Um, so, I, yeah. And I, I feel like too, I mean, what in functional nutrition, we talk about this a lot, physical, biological components to mental health that I don't think are talked about enough. I think a lot of times we, we go directly to like, for instance, with depression and anxiety, and we think of them as, um, you know, purely, I guess, mental kind of states or, or chemical imbalances. But for some people, um, especially people who have other chronic conditions, there's, you know, multiple things that could be going on physically. Um, there's a, a strong connection between inflammation and in the overall body and 
uh, a certain inflammatory state in the brain that can cause uh, depression. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, um, you know, the vagus nerve, right, it connects our brain and our gut. And so where do we, what affects our gut more than anything is what we eat, since that's the majority of what's going through there. And so any issues with that, that, that the body is not handling well, can then feed into issues in um, the mind. And then of course, there's the whole aspect of trauma and how people can hold trauma physically in their Mm -hmm. body. And that is something that, you know, has to be addressed from both sides, because we have to, you know, from my perspective, as a nutritionist, I'm looking at, you know, where, what's keeping that, that process going, um, biologically, and how can I, uh, how could I place things in the diet or in the, in the um, body to kind of stop that process or, or help that process heal, you know? So it's like, it's, it's got faceted or I, I say the same thing about nutrition. Like if you're just, especially my women with, with fertility issues is there's such a strong connection between trauma and fertility issues. And, mm. um, you know, I can speak to that because that's personal for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're only going to get so far with that stuff if you don't also address that trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you can take supplements all day and you can eat salads all day. But if you don't really look at, at the mental component of that, um, you're not going to probably find that key that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a lot of similar conversations, (laughs) but I I like that because um, I just think that, 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 then when you do refer back and forth to, to people or if you've got like a network of professionals that you are on the same page, like you've, you're, you're approaching working with your clients in, the, in pretty much the same way. So it, um, I, I guess at least for me, it, it helps me like to trust who I'm referring people to as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and for me as well, like even with um, referring to other practitioners like physical trainers and or sorry, personal trainers and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, what, what one thing that, that does kind of irk me sometimes as a professional, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way as when people overstep their, um, their scope. And Mm -hmm. so as a nutritionist, I try really hard to not overstep my scope into therapy, because that's not part of what I'm trained to do. You know, obviously, there's like a certain things that we that overlap. Um, But I think it's so important to have your your client that you're working with have a good team, you know, Um, because if they're trying to get everything from just me, then, um, you know, I don't want to lead them astray by making certain issues worse by, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, in nutrition, sometimes we tend to be kind of, you know, all about the body and um, we forget about these very emotional components of of food, you know, food is an is an emotional experience for a lot mm-hmm. of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have, I know you, you said something a while ago that just hits right with really where the approach that I've been taking my work in over the last couple of years. And so you mentioned like the vagus nerve and some of my yeah. clients might recognize that word. Um, if not, we've definitely talked about that using different language in sessions. Um, it's much of my practices built around polyvagal theory and um, mirroring, you know, bringing yoga and parts of yoga into the sessions to help facilitate that process because it's 
lots of different right evidence has shown mm-hmm. that that's very helpful. But mm-hmm. so with nutrition, I know that that I'm going to ask a question that's really been on my mind and I've had clients ask it. So yeah, just I'm trying to think how I can simplify, it, especially for listeners. But so essentially, like we talk a lot about. Yeah. And how... if I get too technical, but oh, I know, know I, I, can... I have a tendency to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I talk all day long, like even to my family. Um, I have to figure out how to like not go off on a tangent. I know. But, um, I know. <laughs> so essentially, right, like with with the theory that we're talking about, you know, your your body or your you're constantly kind of taking in um, basically like cues that could be triggers that then mm-hmm. will end up affecting the body's physical response and then traveling its way to the thoughts that you start to have and things like that that affects your mood it's all related but nutrition Mm -hmm. so how does that play into I guess my question is like can you put certain things into your body that create a response where your your body feels triggered like this is dangerous this is bad and then it starts to create okay so how does that work so so that's probably the main focus of, of my entire job, actually. Mm. (laughs) So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, Because if you think about food, it's a set of, of signals and building blocks for our body, right? So we take this stuff in, and there's a certain way that it's supposed to be processed down and used. Um, Unfortunately, in the world that we live in, it's extremely common upwards of like 80% of people have something that we call, um, you know, the colloquial term for it is leaky gut. Mm -hmm. So it's this kind of this breakdown in the barrier of the um, gut lining and um, particles of food, you know, that are larger um, chemicals and things that we take in that, that um, maybe otherwise would have been processed and, dealt with by the body appropriately, they're not able to be broken down the correct way. And so they get into the bloodstream and your body's very smart. It knows when there's something in there that shouldn't be there. And so mm-hmm. it creates a, an immune response, an antibody response. And that antibody response um, then sig- sends signals to the rest of your body to kind of send inflammation, which is supposed to, you know, inflammation is really a, a healing mechanism. When you talk about imp- acute inflammation, like when you break a bone and, and that area swells, you know, that's a part of the healing process. Mm. But unfortunately, in our kind of current food environment, we have this like systemic chronic inflammation, that's very dangerous. And it's really the underpinning of most chronic um, disease. So you actually have more bacteria um, living in your gut than you do cells in your entire body. So there's really this ecosystem of its own. And the food that you take in affects that ecosystem. It feeds certain things, like, for example, high levels of sugar um, feed, you know, what we would call maybe the quote unquote bad bacteria. And really the truth is that every bacteria just needs to be in balance with other bacteria. But, you know, if we feed too many of them too much and we don't feed the other ones enough, the other ones are Mm -hmm. fed by things like fiber and, and stuff like that then this, this balance gets out of whack. And Mm. when that happens, that contributes to that leaky gut. So, um, but those bacteria, you know, there've been studies that have shown how that balance being off contributes to all kinds of, um, 
emotional states. So particularly anxiety and depression. I mean, there's been substantial kind of movement on those two issues, but also certain things like autism um, and other things that we don't fully understand yet. There does seem to be a bacterial connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's this process of really looking at, at the diet. First, we have to figure out what's triggering um, this state of kind of fight or flight or this Mm -hmm. very um, anxious state in the body. And then we have to use, you know, we can use food as actually a way to, to heal that. And there's other things that go along with that too, besides just food. You know, a lot of times people have to use certain supplements at first to kind of get things moving in the right direction. But once they get there, then, um, you know, food can be a good way to maintain that healthy ratio. But yeah, there's absolutely a connection between what you eat and how you feel and how you think. Um, And you can see that just, I mean, it's so obvious when I work with clients, like they come in for the first time, they're sad, they're, um, they're tired, um, they ache all over. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, they have anxiety, it's huge. Like, everyone that I work with has, has some sort of anxiety, you know, disorder. And then we work on diet, we work on nutrition. And a month or so in, I actually take that as my starting point for them because just fixing a few dietary issues really shows you, you know, what's really deeper, what's a really deeper issue in the body and what is just kind of showing up because the diet is not correct. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a huge connection there. I don't know if I totally answered that question, but (laughs) no, you did, you did. Um, and I just, I think it's such an important conversation to have because, at least like in therapy sessions, I mean, I, I talk so much to clients about, you know, picking up on, on cues of safety and cues of danger and trying to limit cues of danger. And, and you know, for, for mm-hmm. those of you who might be listening and have done therapy with me, you know what I'm talking about. But usually we're talking more about like external factors. So perhaps like the people you're around or I don't know, the, the things you surround yourself with, it, a lot of external but food, I mean, if that's something that's also being interpreted by the body as like, um, dangerous. we'll just use the term yeah, danger. And so then your body creates that same response that it would to a person yeah. or to an event. But And it's food, different for different people. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, that's something, that, yeah, for sure. That's a misconception that, that is out there is that, you know, um, all gluten or all dairy or whatever are bad for everybody. And that's not, that's not necessarily true. Um, It's a, what's uniquely, what does your body uniquely find dangerous? Quote unquote dangerous. Yeah. Right. And when we talk about like autoimmune disorders too, there's this interesting thing where, you know, how people will talk about like stress triggers, um, you know, certain things like it'll trigger a breakout or it'll trigger a flare up or, or something mm-hmm. in a condition. And so we talk about ways to reduce stress. Well, if you think about food, I like to think about food as a way that can either de-stress your body or stress your body. Mm-hmm. And since it's the thing that you do the most of, you do more exactly. eating than you do almost anything else. You yes. know, if you're, if you're keeping your stress level at say 50%, 
with just what you're eating because you're eating fast food and whatever all the time. Um, then, you know, a stressful event in your life um, or a trigger externally will easily tip you over the edge in mm-hmm. you know, a flare up of your condition. But if we can take your stress level down 5% or to zero with nutrition, then those external factors, and then of course, you know, therapy to help you manage those mm-hmm. external factors mm-hmm. as well. That just takes that percentage down right. so much that, you know, it's much harder to tip your body over in stressful kind of danger zone type feeling, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad you, you, I think you explained it like beautifully and it's pretty simple to understand, or at least I think it is. Um, so that makes so much sense. And it, it, I mean, yeah. So then it makes me think of if we're kind of like you were saying on the opposite and if you, you could take all the supplements and eat all the salads, but if you don't add these other components, so same with therapy, you can mm-hmm. do all the, even all the meditation and yoga and all these things to help manage, mm-hmm. you know, the stressors and, and kind of cues of danger. But if you're not paying attention to what's being put into your body and you're right, we eat more than we meditate, we eat more than we talk or therapeutic talk so Mm -hmm. that's such a huge part of what's going on in our day-to-day life and and if we ignore that we're like selling ourselves short oh yeah for sure I I think that there's this tendency in our culture to ignore that portion of things and to think about food and diet as being completely separate from our Mm-hmm. mental state and that kind of it's not true they're they're so interconnected and i can talk about the opposite happening as well you know i've got clients who who they will do all the work in the world on their diet i mean they will do the strictest most you know anti-inflammatory diet take all the supplements i mean they'll do it mm-hmm. perfect but because they won't get deep into addressing you know that inner trauma um, and those inabilities to process emotion or other types of stressors in their life, they don't make um, great Mm -hmm. progress. You know, they do make some, I mean, the beauty of nutrition is that I think it always helps because like you said, it is something that you do so much of, you eat so much throughout your life that it's, it can make a, a bigger impact more quickly um, and that often encourages people to start doing the work, but, um, but, you know, it has to be both. It has to be both yeah. for sure. So something you said too, about, um, how it's different for everyone. Um, I, I would assume then that that's kind of a portion of your work and maybe even your assessment. So if someone comes mm-hmm. to you, do you help them figure out, so what are my triggers? Okay. Yes. So that's a, that's usually the first step. Um, in fact, you know, the longer I've done this, the more I've gotten away from um, just sort of, I wouldn't say guessing at things, but there's a certain protocol or procedure that, you know, you're kind of taught in nutrition school, you know, that the typical response would be, okay, we've, we do an elimination diet, and there are certain foods that are typically triggers. And so we take those out and, and uh, work from there. 
But the longer I've been doing this, the more I've started to rely on functional testing, which over the years just keeps getting more accurate and um, more helpful. And I've found that to be much more effective than just doing, you know, an elimination diet. Mm -hmm. There are great elimination diets out there. Um, You know, like Whole30, for example, is one that a lot of people do, and they do notice some improvements. But the real key with with figuring out your triggers is first to figure out exactly what it is that's causing issues for Mm -hmm. you. Because I've seen it be anything from, you know, eggs to bananas. I mean, it can be healthy foods too, you know. Um, And then knowing the approach to actually heal that underlying imbalance, because taking the foods out is just the first step. So, you know, theoretically, you take the foods out, and then you put them back in, in a few months, you're going to go back to how things were before, unless you've addressed that underlying Mm -hmm. issue. So the client's job is to do the hard work of taking that stuff out. And my job as the nutrition professional is to figure out what needs to be taken out and what needs to be added in, in order to help fix that imbalance while they're doing the hard work of avoiding the stuff that they have to avoid. And, you know, the, the goal eventually is to get them back to a sense of normalcy with their diet. I don't want people having to eat, you know, crazy limited Mm -hmm. diets forever. Um, but it's a process. So yeah, the first step of the process is usually, um, testing if it's within the budget. I do work with people who, who don't, um, or can't do testing because I want my services to be accessible to, you know, a range of people. But if it's within the budget, I always, um, I really push for it because it just makes a big difference. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That's, um, we, we do see a lot of like, you'll, you'll, to the either or like you were saying earlier of gluten is bad or you know sugar is bad mm-hmm. or whatnot and so it's interesting to think of how it, I mean how individualized it is of like what our bodies take in as being dangerous or kind of react well and I think to too part yeah one of the things I talk about a lot um in you know, any type of master's or certification program for nutrition is, is research, right? And being a research-based nutritionist means keeping up with the latest studies. But one of the issues with nutrition research in particular is that it's extremely difficult to isolate um, diets with, with people um, because the typical, like the gold standard for research would be, you know, a, a double-blind placebo uh, trial, um, which is basically like what they do for pills. So, you know, you have all these people and they're all about the same age and the same weight and all this. And then they take this pill and you see, what does it do for, for these people with nutrition? You have such a range of, of inputs from different people that it's very hard to narrow down. Like that's why you see all this conflicting information. Cause you'll have one study that'll say, Oh, you know, meat is bad for you. And then you'll have another study that says meat is good mm-hmm. for you. Um, meat helps you lose weight or meat increases inflammation. Um, same thing with like gluten, you know, you'll have, you'll have studies that say different things. So, um, and that's just because it's impossible to isolate one food out of all the different things that that person takes in. I mean, not just what they eat, but what they drink, you know, alcohol or no alcohol or, you know, so it's, it's just so complex. So I think, 
at its core, you can't rely on, uh, you know, cause I know that that frustrates people and it, cause it's very confusing. Um, you can't rely on that kind of stuff on stuff that you see come up where they're saying that this is bad for mm-hmm. you now or, and it wasn't before you really have to look at how does your body respond to these yeah. foods? Look at your blood work, mm-hmm. you know, what does it look like? So, well, and I'm, that's why I'm glad to, to be able to share with people that, you know, people like you are available because there, there's a lot of, I mean, up until maybe just a handful of years ago, I wouldn't have even known that there were people out there like you to help do that because it can seem very overwhelming and, you know, you feel very lost and there's like this abundance of information out there on social media or whatever. So to know, well, wait a minute, I can go to someone who's basically, that's their job. That's what they're going to help me figure out um, is very helpful. Yeah, I mean half the reason that I got into this career was because I had that same Mm. issue. It was like, who, who's going to help me, you know, with my own health stuff. And I just started doing a lot of research and found that I was really interested in it. So I decided to just pursue it. And I think I've, I've seen culturally like a shift, especially since about like I went into practice officially in 2015. So since um, right around that time, it does seem like, a lot has changed in our kind of thought process about nutrition and um, it's a really exciting field. Mm -hmm. So I do think, um, you know, yeah, Yeah. we're out here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're here to help. So that kind of leads me into then I guess my next question of, so how, like, how do people find you? How, what is the the process look like? And then especially right now with, um, you know, COVID and, and just, the restrictions and things like that. What are your services looking like these days? So, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth with, with COVID and, um, and what I've done. Um, but right now what I've settled on for the time being is, um, I do vert, my sessions are done virtually. Um, but I do have, uh, some things that are done in person, so there's a, um, a bioimpedance machine that I use that um, I set up days for people to kind of use that privately. And um, so it's all, you know, um, contactless stuff. But most of my stuff, most of my sessions are done virtually right now. Um, and that's just, you know, I have a nine month old son and um, I'm trying to keep him and most of my clients are some type of immunocompromised. So um, it's just healthier for all of us if we kind of keep our distance right Mm -hmm. now. But I am available. I am taking clients. Um, I do tend to uh, get booked up. So, um, you know, when people are interested in working with me, the best thing to do is email me. should you want me to give my email address? Yeah, you can. And I'll, um, I can also share okay. it on the notes. <clears throat> okay. So the best thing to do is email me at amberfishernutrition at gmail.com. And my last name is spelled F-I-S-C-H-E-R. And that's the best way to get into contact with me. So I'll respond to you and let you know. Um, depending on where I am with, with clientele, I uh, sometimes you know, stick to my specialty. And sometimes I'm able to take people from a little bit outside my specialty too. So it just kind of depends on 
where I'm at at the, at the time, but reach out to me and let me know what's going on with you. And I'll, I'll let you know um, where I can fit you Mm in. And then also uh, the best place to kind of keep in touch with what I'm doing is right now is via Instagram. So I've been putting a lot of work into my Instagram lately and um, you can follow me at Amber Fisher nutritionist and uh, also blog at amberfishernutrition.com. So I have a lot of health articles and things that I've written that you might find interesting. Yeah, that's, that's actually good. Um, to be able to send clients like to go do a little bit more investigating and learning and all that on their own. I'll have to make that accessible to people. Yeah, for sure. Do you offer um, like consult calls to see if your services are even like the right thing for them? Yeah, right. So I do a $25 first initial consultation. And what that is, is, it's an hour long session, usually ends up being an hour, um, where we kind of talk about you, your health history, your needs, what, um, and how I think I could help, um, what I would have you do and pricing and all of that stuff. So, um, you get all of that done in that first initial session. Is there anything that, um, you've been maybe working on or focusing on, lately that we can kind of expect from you or just maybe keep an eye on? Um, I know that you've got a little one, so I would imagine that's where your focus is as <laughs> it should be, right? <laughs> uh, totally like yes. the fun part of that. And, and I mean, I would imagine that that's definitely a big part of your world now, but is there just anything that maybe we can um, keep an eye out for with your business? Yeah. So I actually am, really excited because COVID and being at home has given me a little bit more time than I expected Mm -hmm. to kind of focus on some of the more, I guess, for lack of a better word, fun things in my business that I've always wanted to do. So I've been putting a big focus on um, my social media presence. And then also I I podcast myself. So I have a podcast called An Amber a Day, the functional nutrition podcast. Mm And we talk about all kinds of things, functional nutrition related. There's a lot of fertility stuff. And then also I talk very deeply about my own personal experiences with health and what I've been through. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a good place to kind of keep up with what's going on with me. Yeah. And I do appreciate um, if you, if you guys have checked out her, like, especially like maybe her Instagram, or if you are going to maybe after this episode, that is one thing I do appreciate from you, Amber, is, um, you know, just that transparency and be- being willing to be vulnerable. Because when you speak to how your field has helped your own struggles, you know, and how you've been able to kind of, I guess, practice, right, what you preach, it is very mm-hmm. reassuring. And I just think that it's, for me, I try to look for people when I refer clients to other, you know, professionals I appreciate that because it just it's just different you know when you're applying what you teach and and do for a living to your own struggles it's just I don't know it's powerful yeah and you know I got I got really tired for a long time of seeing people who looked like they just had these Mm -hmm. perfect lives and these miracle cures and 
you know, my experience with health, I mean, I could go on and on about it and I will keep it very short, but my experience with health has, has been, um, you know, it's been a Mm -hmm. battle. It's been a struggle for me all the way through, you know, I've been through cancer, fertility treatments, Mm -hmm. um, all kinds of stuff like that. And I started feeling like, you know, I needed to really be authentic about what I was going through because I don't want people to, you know, not have hope because they think that what I have is unattainable Mm -hmm. for them. If that makes sense. I just, I have always valued that, that real, that transparency and honesty in other people. And, um, you know, those are the people that I want to follow because I like to know what's going on in their life and also what they do. And so, yeah, that's, that's really big for me. So yeah. Yeah. If you follow me, you're going to get some, (laughs) some deep stuff about what I go through, but, um, but you know, I like sharing that with my followers and they've been really kind. Everyone's been really kind about, about Mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, which it was very vulnerable for me. So don't always know what to expect, but yeah, it's been great. Well, I really think too, that it like from now that social media, you know, is such a big thing and it is, I guess, just has become a part of your marketing, whether you like it or not, right, in our world today. Right. But when, yeah. so it, it almost starts the relationship you build with, with a provider of any sort. So you as a consumer following them on social media, you begin to sort of develop some sort of a, a relationship even before the first phone call. And so when you're vulnerable yeah. in that way, and, and, you know, don't get me wrong, there's boundaries, you know, we're definitely not giving our whole life story, but enough to be honest and real. (laughs) So then from the get go, I just really feel like then the consumer as a consumer, you're, you're already building that trust. And so when they make that phone call, and then of course, come into your office or or do a session with you, it feels safe for them to be open as well. um, Because you've done it instead of taking five or six sessions to get to that point where they they're willing to share really private stuff. Right. I think my strength as a practitioner has always been that ability to make people feel comfortable and safe. And I've always worked really hard on that because that's always been so important to me. I seek out practitioners and providers who have that kind of vibe Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. Um, So that's, yeah, that's, I'm big on that. And, and I, I will say too, like to what you said, the clients that have come to see me after having found me, you know, they, a lot of them have been reading my blog for Mm -hmm. a while, or they've been following me on social media for a while. And it's, it's kind of a fun experience being on the other side of that as a practitioner, because, you know, they come in and they already know things about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, I didn't tell you that, you know, but it's just so nice that we already have this kind of relationship Mm -hmm. that started um, before we even really meet in person. And I, I do think it helps us get to the deeper stuff faster. Yeah. Um, which we need to do, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're, that's, that's what I've been seeing. Um, it just creates, a, it's just a different startup, I think. Um, and I hadn't even really thought of that. I'll have to give credit where it's due is um, my, I guess my mentor and I'm, I'm doing a yoga teacher training. And so um, she, she had brought that to my attention of how from the even early stages, you're begin, you're building that trust. Um, and so just being mindful of like what you use social media for in terms of your business. Um, because if you're in a profession that, that works far better when you've got 
a safe space and where clients feel safe, um, not just physically, but like emotionally, it's going to make us such a huge difference. And even like, not just for you as the provider, but for the, the experience that they're going to get, you know, the, the mm-hmm. services. So stuff, something to, that I've, I guess, learned recently. So I really appreciate that from you. And I'm sure your clients do too. Um, but yeah, you have a lot of great resources that you provide the community. So um, I'll share those, um, you know, on my own Instagram. And then of course, in the little notes for the podcast episode. And then if anybody just wants to know some other information on how to get a hold of Amber, you can always ask me. But thank you so much for sharing, you know, your, your, knowledge on this I know there's so much more we could go into but I want to keep it kind of basic yeah, I, I guess know. for just someone who's yes. getting introduced no, that, to this. this is good mm-hmm. you're cutting me off before I get like too crazy because <laughs> sometimes with my own podcast I, I'm like oh my gosh this thing is an hour and a half and I need to edit the whole thing down to 45 minutes you know so you did a great job you're an excellent host <laughs> um but yeah we could go on and yeah. on and on but um yeah, if anybody's interested in, in, you know, in working with me or just following me and keeping up with me, um, reach out and I will uh, let you know how to stay in touch. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you, Amber. And, you know, congrats on all of the wonderful things that are happening for you and your business. And thank um, you. Yeah, I look forward to us being able to catch up maybe even in person one day. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I know. I would love to. And I'd love to do another podcast with you too. I think um, down the road here pretty soon, you're going to be on my podcast. Yes. So, yes. So I'm excited. Well, to be I mean, on we'll have to stay tuned for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Alrighty. Uh, it was good catching up with you and we'll talk soon. You too. Thanks. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. right you guys wasn't that such a great conversation I just there's so much more that I feel like I wanted to ask and there's just so much to learn about how food plays such a big impact on a lot of the things that you'll hear me talk about in sessions um, and how that all translates to how our bodies respond and then how our thoughts respond and it's just all so interesting to me how it comes together Um, but I'm glad to have someone like Amber to be able to kind of learn from and even send you to to help bring that service into your treatment and um, you know and achieving your overall emotional and mental wellness so lots of great things that Amber offers if you find her on her website her blog her Instagram her podcast wherever you find her you're gonna have Um, some really really great information at your disposal so I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and I'm looking forward to perhaps doing it again um, very soon so thank you so much for tuning in